hello everybody and welcome back once again to Goonies World. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so uh, as you can tell, uh, I am uh, Mini, also known as Ryan, and I am joined by Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean. Hello, I am here, ready to dine in the halls of Valhalla. And uh, Goonie, also known as Colin. That's me. Hello. And we're going back to. Uh, the Viking Age, I believe. Yeah, we're playing GURPS Vikings. And, uh, you know, I should say for you GURPS nerds, we're playing the third edition revised of GURPS. I don't have anything against fourth edition. I just don't own it. And I have like 8,000 GURPS books of the old school variety, and this is one of them. Uh, also, you know, I play a little fast and loose with the rules. We, we get most of the important major rules in, but if you're really, really familiar with GURPS, you may occasionally see, the new, you know, like slipping past something, and uh, that's okay. We have kind of a fast and loose approach on this podcast anyway, and we like to focus on the role-playing. But tonight we'll be role-playing in the world of Midgard sometime in the Middle Ages, and we're going to begin in the sea west of Norway. So our heroes, the powerful but fearful Thor Thorson, and the mystical but somewhat delusional Umlaut Topknot, have just fled Norway in a Drakkar or a Viking longship with Carrie, a beautiful girl who's in love with Thor, and all of her brothers who are crewing the Viking ship. Our heroes had run afoul of the jealousy of Thorolf Smoothtooth and his brother Ingve Hump, who told lies to King Harold Fairhair about them. And there was a fight, and our heroes were victorious and humiliated the brothers. But the brothers had very powerful kin, and now their uncle, Bolg the Bulge, has burned down Thor's house and demanded this huge payment in compensation for his nephew's humiliation and injuries. So Carrie urged Thor to flee to the west to seek new lands, and this coincided with a prophetic dream that Umlaut had had about them all finding a new home in a land far, far to the west. And so, chased by Bolg the Bulge and the kin of Smoothtooth, our heroes fled with Carrie's brothers by night. And as the sun rises, they find themselves in the western seas ready for new adventures. So, will Umlaut's dream come true? And will you find a new home in the west? Will you ever return to Norway and redeem your reputations and regain Thor's lands and revenues? Only time will tell, and the mysterious Norns who guide men's fates speak only through signs and riddles and dreams. So, as the sun rises after the very long night, the Drakkar with his dragon-headed prow cuts through the water with Carrie's dozen brothers rowing. The cold air is bracing, and it's clear and fine, and the wind is coming from astern, and the waters are choppy, but the sailing is good. And Carrie, who's wrapped in a fur, looks over at you, Thor, and says, Thor, where will we go? Wherever will we go? Do you have any idea where we could go into the west? Well, um, n- not really, but I, I'm, I'm a Russian now, apparently. Hmm. Well, no, but um, I, I, I think we will, surely we will find land somewhere um, out west. Right? There must be something. I, uh... There is always somewhere. Yes, I have heard of the land of Iceland, but I know nothing about it. And it seems quite cold, even colder than where we come from. But, well, tell, us, tell me, Umlaut, tell me of the dream 
you had. Tell me of the land you dreamed of. What was it like? It was very fair land. I cannot remember much. The dream is fading. Maybe and I don't remember it, what you said. Maybe we either. should call it fair land. Well, you dreamed of a, a, a land of tall, towering pine trees or draped in great big bearded moss and streams are just full of leaping trout and salmon and, and naked, painted men all befriending you and, and, and you can describe all this to... It to was Carrie. a land of naked men everywhere. <laughs> that sounds wonderful, she says. <laughs> uh, 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 but uh, one of Carrie's brothers, Gunner, he, he's, uh, he's rowing, but he says, uh, Thor, when will we find someone to raid? We came to follow you into battle. We seek not only new lands, but booty. When will we get some booty? I don't know if we want to find the booty from the naked men. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know. I don't have a precise answer, but um, I am thinking we should have, um, you know, we should have, uh, it'll be some weeks, I think, at least. Hmm. No. And row harder, brothers, row harder. Now, some drag cars are very, very long, with as many as like 30 oars on the side. But this one's relatively modest and small. It's got eight oars on the side, and it's slightly undermanned. But it is managing to sail through the, the cold waters without too much trouble. It's actually really easy to maneuver because of its size. So in GURPS terms, it has a maneuverability of plus two. You can only carry about a ton of cargo, but right now you're mostly empty. And you realize that it may be some weeks before you can attack someone and raid them and get some booty, which obviously is the Viking way. But long before that, you're eventually going to have to take on supplies, fresh water at the very least. You know, in a pinch, you could fish for food. But, uh, you know, you guys left in a hurry. You have a little bit of water. But that's going to mean trying to make landfall somewhere. And you guys are intelligent enough and you've heard enough travelers' tales to know that the the closest land to the west, the first land you should run into is the land of the Angles, or more likely the islands that are off the coast of Angle land. And uh, these would be roughly southwest of you. You should be able to find some fresh water there at least and fill up your casks. I mean, you're, you'll be okay for, for a while, but you're going to have to uh, take on some supplies and, and probably stop at one of those islands off the coast of Angleland and see what you can find. And again, they would be to the southwest, so if one of you would be so kind to make a navigation roll to try to set the ship on the right heading, the right course, to intercept some of those islands. Uh, I believe both okay. of you have the skill. I think Umlaut is slightly more skilled at it than Thor, but if he fails, Thor can always give it a shot. And, of course, the night, you know, the, the weather was clear. The night, you know, you saw plenty of stars during the night that you can remember. And uh, try to navigate, a course, to the southwest. Uh, I got right on mine, which is 11. Okay, great, great. So you actually, Umlaut, after uh, adjusting the sail and uh, uh, taking a look around and tasting the water and uh, sniffing the air, you... you feel pretty confident you're on a course for some islands you've heard of called Zetland and 
So in GURPS terms, by the way, this ship has like a move score of nine compared to your characters. So you can see that's not that much faster, you know, than a guy walking. Uh, so it'll be a while. But the winds are blowing on on the quarter of your ship, as they say, and you are steering southwest. So you could take advantage of that, of that wind by making a boating roll uh, to try to uh, ride the winds, as it were. Let the hammer of the gods drive your ship to new lands and uh so if you'd like to make a boating roll either one of you to try to make that happen and don't forget you get a plus two to your boating rolls because of the maneuverability and all you're really trying to do right now is just ride the wind let that square sail you have really f fill up so that in combination with the oars you can increase the move score of your ship okay well i have a 14 so i will attempt and that's a 10. Well, that's great. Luckily, you're quite the navigator and boatman, Umlaut. And uh, Thor doesn't need to do anything other than stand there and look heroic on the prow of the ship. <laughs> now, Thor is actually going to uh, get down and, and help row. Okay, that's good. That's good. But then that obliges Umlaut to do so, too, after a while, because then you got more rowers on one side. you got, like... Seven dudes on one side, sure. six on the other. You just be rowing in You're circles, going in circles. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, everybody should help row. You know when they're not actively doing something else, except Carrie. Carrie just you know, uh, Carrie's probably uh, she actually does have a couple of good skills. I have statted her out. Uh, she can man the tiller. You know, just keep it on course at least. And her beautiful blonde hair blows in the wind, and her cloak flows out behind her. And uh, but you feel pretty confident that you can make it there in several days with water to spare, so you shouldn't get stuck and thirsty out on the out on the ocean, as the wind fills your sails and your drakkar cuts through the water. And after a day or two, the weather actually changes and the wind picks up a little bit, and your ship's move score increases to thirteen. Now this doesn't really matter that much in a narrative sense. If you're looking at a map, it would make a lot more sense. But you're making much better time than you would have otherwise. Um, but with that pick-it-up wind comes in a cloud cover. It's kind of rolling in behind you from the east. It's promising some, some heavy weather. It's brewing heavy weather, as Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull would say. But after a few days, under this leaden gray sky, you do sight land off your starboard bow. And this must be one of the islands of Zetland. There are several... Uh, Zetland Islands. You know, today we would know them as the Shetland Islands. Uh, but as you get closer, you can see that much of that coast is cliffs. And it's going to be very difficult to find a good place to put in to land to go find fresh water and food. And now there are thousands, by the way, of fat little puffins all over those cliffs. And as you get closer, they're making this huge amount of noise, all these little puffins. They're, they're meeting here for some reason, and they're, they're probably breeding and the puffins might make good eating. You want to climb up and get some of them or figure out a way to capture them. But islands like this probably have sheep and pigs. and You're not even 100% certain if they're inhabited, but you think there might be. You know, some of these islands out here are inhabited. These northern ones are inhabited by some savages called the Picts. That, uh, hope you, you hope you don't run into because you've heard they're fairly, fairly savage. But you, first of all, you've got to find a good place to put in to land. And... Uh, you know, it's hard to tell whether you should go north around the northern tip of the island, which you're closest to, or whether you should 
you know, veer off to the south and try to find another place, the appropriate skill here would be naturalist to look at the lay of the land, the sloping of the of the cliff walls to see maybe which way you should go. And if you fail, you'll just have to guess which way to go. And if you succeed, I can give you a, a very strong hint. The gods will speak to you. Well, uh, I've got an 11 naturalist. Okay. Uh, see how you do. I don't know what uh, Thor has. Thor doesn't even have it. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't have it. His skills lie elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will go. Yeah. Nine. So that makes sense. Okay. Well, that's great. Actually, one of those puffins takes off, and you can, you can see, you can actually see, uh, you know, the god Heimdall blowing on the back of this puffin, and this, you know, carrying it on the breath of Heimdall off to the off to the south, and you realize now. Of course, you're delusional. No one else sees this, but you think you see these signs from the gods. But uh, you feel like south is the way to go. And in fact, Thor, after a while, you see that he's right because the the cliff wall is falling a bit, you know. But you sail south for most of the day, and there's only a few hours of, of daylight left. Of course, daylight does not last really long at this time of year anyway. But there's a break in the cliffs that you could see, and there's a, a low pebbly uh, beach and beyond that there's some grasslands and plains that rise up to hills and also in those hills there's a pillar of smoke as if there's a cooking fire or something up there now there's no fresh water source that's obvious here from the beach so obviously you're going to have to beach the ship and go looking for it and that's not something that's so routine it doesn't really require a role the real question is, how many of Carrie's brothers do you want to take with you uh, out into Zetland looking for fresh water? They've, they've, you got a lot. You got about a dozen of these guys. They can carry casks, you know, to carry, put the water in. It's heavy. And uh, do we want to um, maybe take half? Yes, I, 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 that that is that is about what I was thinking about. Uh, we take we take half, um, and and leave the rest back to guard the, the boat and carry. Okay. Right. Well, in some she's ways, got skills to, that would be useful. Well, she doesn't really have uh, particular combat skills, although you've seen before. She's actually uh, she's got a good reputation, uh, or she did back in Trondheim. She has a good reputation as a healer, uh, so that could come in handy possibly. But in some ways, she's your greatest treasure because if you're going to go start a new colony, you know she's the only real way that you can grow your population. <laughs> you know, uh, I hope. Uh, well, yeah, that's going to be a heavy burden for her. Heavy burden on Thor you know, to really do well, some on him too. Well, and then like <laughs> all of our children are going to have to like. Marry her brothers and shit, or something. I mean, right, this is just right. gonna be some fucked up monarchy. Well, one stage of separation, situation. one stage over the course of a few generations, it should all even itself out. You know, <laughs> should all should all breed true after a few generations of it'll work itself. Yeah, it'll work itself out. But uh, anyway, you move into the grasslands, and you can actually see some little white dots on the hills in the distance of of sheep, and. Uh, as you, I assume you'll move towards them, you know, but 
You but, don't see like shepherds or anything, but uh, yeah, that's ahead. what I was going to look for. Uh, make sure there's not anybody watching that flock. Well, why don't you make a vision roll, which is an IQ roll? Okay. And of course, you can do this too, Thor. Don't forget, I think both of you guys have the luck advantage, don't you? So, like, once per hour of gameplay, oh, yeah. you can roll up to three times. Well, I actually didn't make it. Oh, okay. Maybe Thor is... Don't see anything. Got better sight than you. Oh, uh, that is not likely, but I can give it a roll and see what happens. Yeah, he's not the worst. <laughs> not even no. Okay, yeah, Thor is, you know, he's good looking and he's big, but he's a little dim, you know. And uh, anyway, you don't really see any shepherds, so these are probably or could be wild sheep uh, just roaming around the hills. Would you like to move towards them? And you still don't see a water source anywhere either. But yeah. there must be, if there's sheep, they've got to be drinking some kind of water. Yeah, there must be some sort of stream or lake or something. But the sh- sheep. Look fat, tasty. Yeah, they do. I think we. Yes, should. I think we should move in and 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 get and, and get them. And uh, if there's no stream, we can uh, drink the blood of the sheep. Yeah. That's yes. Not uh, terrible idea. Or urine, although <laughs> <laughs> not, not won't be quite the same as reindeer. No, and if, if, if and just in case this is the first GURPS Viking episode you've listened to, Omlaut, uh, one of his quirks is that he enjoys the taste of reindeer piss. And so this is, this is something it's not you need weird. to remember. It's not weird at all, no. It's Normal. perfectly natural. Perfectly natural. Well, you guys go up to uh, try to corral and capture some of these sheep. Uh, and you get up and walk around the hill... And there's a larger hill behind that that you you didn't catch earlier. You know, you knew there was some smokes. You knew there had to have been a settlement somewhere. But now it's like a little closer than you thought. Like within maybe about half a mile, you know, which it doesn't seem that far away when it's, you know, just uh, out on grasslands and plains. Uh, the, the Another hill was in the way. You know, you didn't quite get a great line of sight to it. But you misjudged how far away that smoke was. And... There's, uh, on top of this hill, there's like a round turf wall that's surrounding like a stone and earth building. It's also round in shape. You can see at entrance, there's actually some, some people running back into the entrance. They're like trying to get the sheep back into the entrance of this thing. There's this huge pile of skulls right outside the entrance of the, uh, of, uh, this, this hill fort or dun as you might call it. Um, and there's some shouting. And soon uh, about eight, a little more than half a dozen men come running out of the hill for it. Now, they're still, like, within charging distance from you. They're still quite some distance away. But it's enough that you can see that they've got broad-bladed spears, and they're carrying some, like, light-throwing javelins. They don't seem to have any bows or anything. Most of your guys are equipped with bows. Not all of you, but most of them. And... Uh, they have grease in their hair. You know, it's making it stand straight up and uh, flaying out in all directions. And they're wearing, like, woolen trousers, but they're otherwise naked. And they're just covered with tattoos, mostly spirals. 
and uh, swirling designs, and they're screaming once they see you, but they're not charging forward. They're actually screaming and waving their weapons around and uh, making these like high steps like peacocks and strutting, and they're they're doing like these wrestler moves and showing you their muscles and how strong they are. They seem to be trying to intimidate uh, you guys. Now, you could try to go parlay with them or speak to them, uh, or you could fight them. They seem like they would very much like to fight, but they they seem like they'd prefer to scare you away than actually mm. engage in battle. These people cannot be parlayed with, I don't think they're, but mere animals... We will not be having a reasonable conversation. I know you like to avoid combat, Thor, but these are truly savages. Mm, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Just let me handle this. I think it will be fine. Uh, Sigerson, who's one of uh, Carrie's brothers, he's here with Gunner. He says, "What? I've never heard it said that Thor would ever avoid combat. You'd not fear combat, do you, Thor?" Well, no, it's just that I tend to think that uh, f- that there's there's usually a better way than fighting. I mean, fighting is so savage and violent and things. And, I mean, you know, if, if it comes down to it and becomes necessary, then yes, of course. But, uh, you know, can't we just talk things out? I'm he, not at all he, sure about that, no. He likes to avoid combat because when he gets engaged in it there is so much bloodshed he you know just goes on a frenzy oh yes I it's see a I bloodbath. see well you you, you you saw the other night when uh, you know uh, I've, yes. it, it's the king's thing I, I was going to uh, attack and kill um, uh, the, the Hobby guy well you were Bolg. and you threw and then Bolg you attacked Bolg uh, which wasn't even part of the the laws of the Hongang or the judicial fight and of course we had to restrain you and we all saw you throw throw smooth tooth into the fire but don't be afraid to unleash that beast that's, that's, inside, that's inside you the god Thor your namesake put that there for you and so meanwhile the the Picts on top of the hill are uh, jumping up and down and grimacing and strutting around and uh Still trying to intimidate and scare you away, but uh, you guys aren't running. You can hear them yelling stuff at you, too. You're not even sure you could talk to them. You go on the wind, you're like, Talk to Della! Be simple, don't know to! Dolphin, nay! And screaming and uh, waving there. You're not even sure that you can speak their language, frankly. Well, Thor is obviously afraid of fighting. Right. Yes. And also, he's stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just going to hold up his hand to to Umlaut and his friends and be like, I, I, I will handle this. <laughs> and then he's going to hold up his hand like like great, like waving to these pics. And he's going to smile and begin approaching them saying, hello, hello. <laughs> Okay. I think that is wise. Uh, one of them, one of them, you see, like uh, maybe the leader, he actually stops and cocks his head to one side, you know, like quizzically, like he just can't even imagine what you might, what you must be doing. Umlaut, is there anything? In fact, 
Gunner and Sigerson continue. What is he doing? He... <laughs> is he going to I'd... fight them all single-handed? No, I, well, not unless he has to. I think he thinks that he will be able to reason with them. He is very uh, confident. That is not the Viking way. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's an odd, odd fellow. I think he is more of a singular combatant. If if this comes to battle, you must lead us, Omlaat. Yes, I think we should uh, have our bows ready. Well, I'm going to let... I'm going to leave you to make up some kind of a... Think of some kind of a battle plan here. You can think of these guys at the top of the hill, and you're at the bottom of a hill, but it's not like, you know, terrible slope. There's not like a lot of defensive cover around or anything like that. Meanwhile, Thor, you're walking up the hill with your... <laughs> Hello! <laughs> you're waving, and uh, I assume you still got your sword and everything, but it's not drawn? No, not yet. Okay. Well, the guy who looked like the leader, uh, he's got black hair. A lot of these guys, they're actually kind of dark-complected. They don't look Celtic, per se, you know. They're, um, uh, but he's got uh, this black hair that's, like, just flaying out all over his head, all stiffened with pig's grease. And he comes strutting down the hill. But his weapons are out. And... Uh, he gets he uh when he gets within oh. about shouting distance of he's like Tulfin may in his Narcissar attack Tatala I did not attack your sister, no, I just want to negotiate with with you for some sheeps. No, uh, in a seabur You wanna to try to like uh mimic sheep? How do you, how do you... Uh, yeah, yeah, so he's uh Thor's <laughs> This is so stupid. Thor's gonna um Get down on his hands and knees and and and, and <laughs> crawl bah. around on the ground and go bah. Yeah, exactly. The guy he just makes like he's he's astounded. He turns around, and he looks back at the rest of the Pictish warriors, and he shrugs. And he uh, points to his head. He points to his forehead as if to indicate that you were, you know, touched. Or he shakes his head, and uh, one of them. Uh, Hollers down. Talk to Dala. Talk to Dala. He says, "Aye, aye, aye." Talk to Dala, and then he picks up his spear and just hurls it at you, Thor. And uh, but oh my God, that is uh, that's actually a miss. It's not quite a critical miss, but it it goes pretty wide. He grimaces in shame, but then it seems like it's on. You can feel the guys, all the guys around you, Umlaut, are tensing up. His men all, the Pictish men all scream and raise their uh, spears aloft into the air and come charging down the hill. And, uh, uh, so, Umlaut, have you thought of any kind of plan other than just smash into them? Or um, you can think of some clever stratagem that could give you a little bit of a bonus, but I am putting you on the spot with that. Well, uh, as soon as he throws that spear or javelin, um, I wanted to shout, fire, you know, to the brothers, shoot their arrows at the picks. And as soon as they do that, I wanted to kind of dramatically hop onto my shield and 
slide down the hill well, you're, on it. Yeah, but it, in case I didn't make it clear, you're, they're higher up on the hill than you. So you would be sliding away in the opposite <laughs> direction, unless that's what you meant to do. No. <laughs> no? Okay. I'm going to slide. I'm going to get on the boat, and I'm going to row home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a super great idea. I wish you were at the top of the hill. Now I wish that that's so cool that I put you guys on top of the hill instead. But we'll have to remember that for the future. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I misunderstood. I thought we were looking down on this scene. Okay. Actually, I thought that too at first, so, yeah. Okay, well, well, maybe when I edit this, I'll go back and find that I said that, but... I don't know. No, I'm picturing them. They're on a hill. You know, they're above you. Their fort's on top of the hill, and they've come out of it, right? Yeah, but, you, you probably did okay. say that. Um, uh, I still think it's funny. He goes <laughs> going away in the opposite direction on this shield, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, look, guys, we don't have quite enough combatants to fully justify the GURPS mass combat system, but we also don't have time to fight this out, you know, man-to-man with all of these combatants here, right? So we're going to go ahead and use the uh, GURPS mass combat system anyway. And in terms of a plan, I guess you're, at least your your plan seems to have been at least to let loose with your ranged weapons from afar yeah. before charging. I think that's at least good for a plus one in the final battle. Now, you GURPS nerds at home will know that most of this is just factoring in a bunch of stuff and then boiling it all down to one or two rolls. So without getting too deep in the weeds on it, you guys, you Vikings, are you're all wearing what we would call medium armor, which gives you a troop strength of three. And because you do have some bows among you, we add two, which gives you a troop strength of five. And your tattooed Pictish opponents, they have no armor at all, so they have a troop strength of one. But they do have those little light javelins, which gives them another plus one, so they have a troop strength of two. And both of you guys, obviously they do, and you know you guys do have some experience in combat, so we could consider your troop quality to be seasoned. And you guys have a morale of 14, in case that matters. Both sides do. So I need to roll to see if there's any kind of catastrophic event, though, that might like a rock fall or some freak occurrence that could affect this battle, which would be really fun if it did, but it doesn't because I only rolled a 5. And so there's no catastrophe. Now, I won't ask you to do this on the fly. I've done it for you. But what we need to do for both of you guys is to see how well you personally do in the battle whether you get hurt or not. So we want to average your IQ minus six and your main weapon skill. You don't have to do that. I already did it. For Umlaut, no. that's a nine. And for Thor, I believe it's 7.5, which I'm just going to be generous and round that up to eight. And so as uh, you know, the arrows are loose and they hurl some javelins and you guys run screaming into each other. Is there anything in terms of strategy that you might choose to do at this time, Thor, before the two sides smash into each other cinematically on the hillside? Well, I mean, as soon as he, you know, winged his, his javelin at me, mm-hmm. uh, Thor, Thor was going to jump up and draw his sword and, and, and just rush into melee. Because, like, I mean, that pissed him off. He's got a horrible oh, yeah. temper. so He does have a bad um, temper, real bad He's temper. like... From his perspective, he's just trying to, he's trying to do the right thing and, and negotiate sure. and be a nice guy and I whatever. Agree. These I assholes are just pissing him off, so he's going to he kill the him nicest, all. You know, he's the nicest Viking there is until he gets mad, 
and then <laughs> and there's yes. then people get thrown into bonfires and uh, so yeah, the two four uh, both you guys need you. This is this number I gave you is like your effective battle skill for this battle. So uh, as the two forces smash into each other, both of you roll against that effective battle skill. That's a nine for you, Umlau, and an eight for you, Thor. Well, I got a five. Okay, that's actually great. Yeah. Mm. And so, not only did you succeed, you actually succeeded. Uh, so, yeah, you in this as the forces clash and over the course of this battle, you only take one point of damage, Umlaut. You just okay. whirl through the battle. You only take you know very very minor damage. We all have to just imagine this. You know, it's very narrative. This mass battle system. You guys are just smashing in together. Now you're doing plenty of damage. Let's assume that you're doing plenty, but you just take the the one point, and you also uh, do plenty of damage to them. I'm gonna go ahead and roll it out. I'm not gonna assign it individually, but altogether you do like eight points worth of damage to various people in this you know first exchange, and. There's also some risk and glory and some other things we're ignoring right now just because it's not like a huge battle. It's more of a skirmish. So listeners who know this system will know we're skipping some parts of it, but we're certainly hitting the high points. Thor, how did your battle roll go? Well, Thor did not roll particularly well. Thor is going to invoke his luck and attempt to roll again and see if That's he gets great. any better. And he, uh, he does, but well, get better, but he only gets an 8. Okay, okay. So you made it but exactly... That wasn't the 10 that he... F- yeah, but he, he rolled a 10 before, so this is I'll take this one. Well, that's good, because you could have made even... You, that could have resulted in you taking some serious damage, but because you made it right on, you only take two points of damage, two hits. In, in the... In the... Uh, but... Uh, and then, of course, you are able to do... This is random, so it actually turned out to be, luckily, a little higher. You actually do nine points of damage... Uh, in the assault and however this is only just part of the battle you know all the other people all your other men are fighting too all of her you know Gunner and Sigerson and and Carrie's brothers and uh, I'm going to make a few rolls here for my oh god for my Pictish friends and make note of them Hello, friends. This is Sean with a quick edit. Somehow during the next several minutes, I flip-flop high and low in my mind. In GURPS, high is bad, low is good. But despite playing GURPS off and on since like 1987, I made low bad and high good. And I catch my mistake later and we have a laugh about it, but we wanted to make a note of it here so it didn't throw you off while listening, if you know GURPS. My only excuse is that I was powering through a brutal headache during this, but it's also true that I am not particularly gifted. All right, back to the action. So what this all boils down to now is a quick contest of strategy. And really the best person to make this role would be like the effective leader of the force, not even the nominal leader of the force, but it should be the person with the highest intelligence, which means not Thor. Because... (laughs) Strategy as a skill defaults to your IQ minus six. Okay? So, I believe that is a four in Umlaut's case, your IQ minus six. However, 
you get a plus two for being a higher tech level than them. You're just a more advanced culture than they are, which brings it to six. And you get a plus four for the ratio of your troop strength. You know, you guys are just better equipped and better armored and everything else. And then, so that would bring it up to a total of ten. And then I think a, a plus one for Thor's incredible rage and a plus one for your battle plan of loosing the arrows first uh, would bring us up to a total strategy, effective strategy skill for you of 12, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the, our leader of the picks, he only he has an eight, is less than you. So we're going to both roll and see who rolls better. All right, so I, like... Um as soon as yes. that first volley of arrows, I pictured Umlaut uh, starting to run up, run up that hill. Mm-hmm. Running up that hill. <laughs> Stranger things. And I'm going to um, roll, I guess. Just charge yeah, in. Yeah, make your roll. I'm telling you, I, they, I, I rolled like really bad. One, I rolled one better than a critical failure for them. Well, I got a 10. Okay. So, the difference in those rolls was actually like a 6. And so, you have actually won a, a marginal victory. Both of you guys uh, hold position at the moment. But... Uh, they're going to have to roll their morale, though, because they've been a little bit shaken by the ferocity of your attack. You haven't, like, charged right through them or scattered them, but it might, and uh, they're going to make their morale roll, and they're going to hold, but uh, we basically do this again. So go ahead, uh, as they charge back, or as they, you know, get their courage back up, and now we've already had that big cinematic charge. Now it's, you know, where the camera is really tight in on the fight and you guys are all engaged in one-on-one combat. You see Sigerson and Gunner and the rest of Carrie's brothers fighting with these picks. You see one or two picks go down in that last one. And unfortunately, in that last exchange, you saw Sigerson go down, go down in a welter of blood. And Umla, you actually can see the Valkyries, the heavens open up and the Valkyries come down and they carry Sigerson's spirit away. His brothers are all screaming with rage. So both of you go ahead and make your battle rolls again. Ooh. Ooh. Um, I got a 7 that time. Failed this time and I rolled a 15, but I think I should try some luck. I think you should definitely try some luck because that's going to... But... you actually made yours by by one, isn't that correct? Uh, yes. So you only take one more hit of damage in this second exchange. And uh, uh, you will actually do... Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's like the neighbor of the beast. That's 665. So you do actually like 17 points of damage out to them, which in Gurf's terms is fairly huge, especially to guys who have no effective DR, right? So Thor, you're just like wading through. You're just cutting them up, and you don't take that much damage yourself. Meanwhile, how did your reroll go there, uh, Umlaut? This time I got an 11. Okay, okay. So you just missed it by one, uh, is that right? No, two? Well, 
Oh, were we not you doing our like the twelve thing anymore? No, that's a strategy roll. This is your battle okay. roll, which is a nine. So you've only missed it by two. But um, so now you can roll up to three times with your luck. So you could roll one more time if you want. Otherwise, I'm going to roll on damage table A to see how much damage you take. And it's going to be more than one or two. So uh, if you would like to well, trust your fate, maybe the gods will look yes. kindly upon you. You're going to trust your fate? Trust yeah. your fate. Well, actually, uh, well, that's minus your DR. So it's going to be seven points of damage, but you can subtract your, your DR, which I think is pretty good. Uh, your damage resistance. Three. So, okay. And all this sounds pretty mathy as we discuss it, but, you know, we have to imagine in our heads the swirling combat raging all around us. And now they both... Wait a minute, let me... Okay. They've not done enough damage to put anybody down. Um, and now let's go ahead and make that strategy roll again for them. He doesn't do much better this time. The leader of the picks has a six on that. This is just not his night. Need to use some different dice for him. So this is that one that altogether is the 12. Okay. In fact, I'm going to give you a plus one uh, simply because you're all, all these guys are related, right? You're, and they're all enraged that Sigerson has been killed. So that for their rage gives you a further plus one on this roll. So make your strategy test and it's a quick contest of strategy and your opponent has only gotten a six. Ten. Did you say ten? Yes. Okay. Yep. And so you won by four and uh, yeah, again they're going to be they're at a minus two to their morale now. And oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Not, that is a critical failure. That is a critical failure. They didn't even have to. This could have gone on a little longer. I don't know what it was that tipped the balance other than the fact that I've just literally rolled a three. And so they are the worst picks in the history of pickdom. And they are utterly routed. They don't just retreat in good order. I mean, they, like, drop their spears and run. They run back into their Dun or hill fort and gather up all their people, and they all look, flee the hill fort. They're running out the back. Unless you guys, and if you want to chase them and, like, hack some of them down, you, you're perfectly able to do that. But for the most part, like, they're women and children, and there are people who are running out of the hill fort. It's not, like, huge. It's maybe a couple dozen people who live here. But you chase them in. And they're all running out their back entrance into the hills, fleeing for their lives. And you have here before you uh, this this hill fort that's completely at your disposal. And you can see there actually is a spring of water up here. They built it around the spring of water. It's running in a stream out of the back entrance. And there's big piles of skulls outside of this big round house that's inside the hill fort that everybody seems to live in. But there's uh, a dozen sheep up here and eight pigs. And the pigs probably make your mouth mm, water. That's much yes. better eating than, than pigs. They've, uh, they've also got some sacks of grain and just a ton of booty. But uh, if you want to search around for any kind of uh, you know traditional treasure, you can 
certainly do that. I don't but, think uh, these grease heads have anything that we would value, but I will make a look around. We do have a pot of pig grease for, you know, hair care products, pomade. I think it's a pig grease pomade that they use. Their hair is is obviously very, very important to them. But uh, that is why they lost in battle. They were too focused on their hair products. Yeah, you could. Training. You could very well be right. You could very well be right. But, yeah, you can search around and just basically take the time. There's not a lot of rolling involved in this because you're just taking the time to look. But the only thing you do find, and luckily for you, there's two of them. But in that largest house, <coughs> uh, under a flat rock, you find two golden torques. Solid gold. A torque's like a big, thick, it's not quite a necklace, you know. It's like a big, thick ring that goes around one's neck. It's kind of like a necklace, but it's not, uh, uh, you know, uh, chains. It's like a great big, thick ring that you put around your neck if you wanted to. Um, but that's that's what you find in terms of actual treasure. And this, of course, can be melted down or whatever to split amongst your men. But the real treasure here. It's as much water as you can carry, and the uh, dozen sheep and the eight pigs, which can all be taken and herded, you know, onto your boat. The problem is somebody's going to have to make an animal handling roll, <laughs> and I don't know if either of you have that skill. And uh, I do not. Yeah, I didn't think so. And animal handling is, uh, you know, it's no completely easy thing. But um, it defaults to, again, your IQ minus six, which is terrible. But uh, you go ahead and make the roll. I'll make a roll for their brother, for the brothers, too. But that is not going to work. So you never know. You could get that critical success. Nope. No. Okay. Well, given that Thor would, Thor would need to roll a two on three dice. So. Two and three dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except a three would still be a critical success, however, so it's always possible. I just rolled a three for those bad guys. Right. You know what? I actually, I'm not going to go back and redo it, but our listeners will be sure to realize I actually called something a critical success when it was a critical failure. Those guys should have done a little bit better in the battle, so I apologize to the picks. I'm not going to go back and undo it now. But I just flip-flopped, you know, in my head. Seeing low mm. numbers is good and high numbers is bad. But who are we kidding? They're probably fated to lose, right? But the Norns <laughs> have fated that they should have lost that battle. So, anyway, you guys try to get the animals back, but you don't get all of them back. I mean, a lot of them go. There's some comical scenes as you guys try to chase, you know, a few of the pigs. and But in the end, you get two of the pigs back and about half the sheep, or six of them. And you've Finally, you're turned uh, to the to the beach, and uh, now you don't know. Also, you don't know if they're the if these picks. If that was the only, um, in fact, I'm going to make their critical success mean something that earlier that I didn't give them, and I've just decided what that is. But uh, you guys are there on the beach, and Sigerson, of course, is dead, and his brothers would have carried him back. And you can't just leave him here. Something's going to have to be done. And I think... We will give him a funeral. Yeah, I was going to... Yeah. So, who who amongst you thinks that you know the best way to do a 
a Viking funeral on a budget in a hurry. We have to build a raft. Or, you know, some type of floating platform that we can send him off. And we need, we will have to uh, find a way to light our arrows on fire to and start this funeral pyre on the sh- on the the boat that we put him on. That is true. Well, that is I don't one. know how to make a raft. I'm sorry. That is one way to do it, and it's a time-consuming way, and it'll be very appropriate. There's another way that is acceptable which is to bury him and then with all his stuff and a share of the booty and then uh, you know put a great big rock like the biggest rock or stone that you can find to drag it over and set it up over his grave so either one of those things would be pretty time consuming so it's really just a matter of flavor what do you think Umlaut since you're the most uh, religiously minded one here what do you think would please the gods better with a full Viking funeral would please the gods more, but I believe that the gods would understand if we gave him a simple burial. And I will dig the hole myself with okay. help if they want. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they insist on helping. And, of course, Carrie's doing all the... want to carve a, a rune into the uh, rock that we will place on the... On the yeah, on the grave. Okay, well, there's a great big rock up up top of the hill. It's not like a full on standing stone, but it's like a huge boulder. Thor, you're probably the strongest person. Would you please make a strength test to roll or carry or have this great big rock to put over the grave of the guy who would have been your future brother-in-law? Well, I got a twelve. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're able to move it down there and. Of course, all this takes, you know, with the digging of the grave, even with everyone involved, and the moving of the heavy rock. This, you know, this is a matter of some hours, really. Carrie is doing all the appropriate wailing, you know, and keening, and crying, and singing. And uh, you guys all say your chants and say your words as you commend his spirit to the halls of Valhalla. I'm sure Umlaut assures everyone that, you know, he saw the Valkyries coming. I see him. Safe know. travels, my friend. See you at that great banquet hall. Yes, yes, you can only hope that you will be reunited in Valhalla. Uh, and by then, you know, you've gotten the, enough, you've gotten the water on the boat and enough, obviously enough of the animals to feed you for a while. I mean, a lot of them got away. But just as you're finishing up and getting ready to get back on the boat, you hear this terrible cry and roar of a great crowd from up ahead coming around the hilltop about a half mile or so from you is a a group of several dozen picks and they're led by this guy wearing white robes he's got like a weird haircut uh, that's almost like a mohawk with spiky and he's wearing a white robe and carrying this huge sickle and a staff and they're all screaming at you and and running down the hill and uh they're going to slaughter you unless you can't get the hell out of there on the boat, which I would highly recommend that you do. This I'm going to say their critical success that I denied them earlier is they got to a neighboring hill fort and got a druid and got pretty serious and came after you. 
and there's no way to fight all of them so you'll have to leave in in you know humiliation as you're chased off of uh of uh this this island of Zetland so unless anyone wants to take a shortcut to Valhalla now would be the time you know <laughs> charge up the hill uh but I'll assume you guys get away and you know they're not boatmen they're not gifted boatmen the picks but they stand along the shore and hurl insults in their in their language at you you know you don't know what they're saying it is more Innistrinarsisayan Sinubarnorto Talfidme and uh fuck you <laughs> fuck you dick pics <laughs> nice well, you guys, uh, after fleeing, after first conquering and then fleeing from the dick pics, um, and you know their their critical success that I denied them, it wouldn't have uh, necessarily won them the battle. It just would have prolonged that battle a little longer, right? The, when they were first routed, that's where I made my mistake, but that's okay. Anyway, you guys get back out onto the choppy waters after having an appropriate Viking funeral for your fallen comrade Sigerson. And uh, Carrie, meanwhile, after you guys are on the boat, she makes some first aid rolls. And uh, Thor, you actually restored a 1D minus 3 hits. Uh, if you want to go ahead and roll that. And oh, that that's such a great success. Not critical, but you also are restored of 1d minus 3 hits. So you can just roll a dice and then subtract 3 and it'll be like 1 or 2 which is probably about what you lost if you're lucky. You get a minimum of 1 back though. So I muscle healed or? Yeah, she healed you too, Umlaut. And it's so 1d minus 3. Minus 3. Yeah, it took her about an hour. It took her about a half an hour. At this tech level, it took her a half an hour each attempt. But uh, anyway you've gotten away and sailed off and you can continue your journey to the west. If you want to get west, obviously you want to go back north but, uh, you know, night is getting to the point where it's going to be falling soon, the long night. Obviously this island of Zetland is not the place that the Norns have decreed is your your fated destination. So sailing back into the north and uh, rounding the north of the island of Zetland, the weather that looked like it might be getting heavy, you know, uh, it finally breaks. And Umlaut, you look up into the clouds, and you can see Thor up there in the clouds, and he strikes with his hammer, and there's a flash of lightning and thunder just rolls across the the sea, and then of course nobody else sees this because you're delusional. But, uh, and you know the thunder echoes off the cliffs of Zetland's north shore and the steady rain starts pelting down but the wind is from the east and you could potentially make up for a lot of lost time if you make another successful boating roll uh, harnessing the wind and the sail and again letting the hammer of the gods drive your ship to new lands mm. so why don't you uh, make that boating roll you can do it at plus two I believe you both have boating if one of them yeah, it doesn't work. Umlaut you know. is one better, I think. One better. Well, I one, one better, I isn't it? Did succeed. Okay. Well, and the uh, thank you, Thor. 
You're welcome. God, not, <laughs> not, <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he is very appreciative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gives Thor gives you a, a wink and he smiles and there's a little ding on his teeth that you see up in those clouds. But uh and of course it's totally Chris Hemsworth, you know, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, uh the the storm continues all through the night, but it's a clean storm, you know, with that driving wind and you sail through the rest of the night, which is a long night, and you make very good time. And uh you rest fitfully in shifts, you know, when you can. And as the day breaks, you can actually see more islands. This time they're due west of you, but they're not large and they're very rocky. So uh, why don't you make a navigation roll to just guess what they are or what they could be based on traveler's tales you've heard and others. I, I got on it again, 11. Well, you think, you're not 100% certain, but they, these could be islands you've heard of called the, uh, the Foroyar Islands, or what we would call the, the Faroe Islands. And they're rocky outcrops, and there's no trees here. But as you sail close, you can actually see the, the wreckage of a ship that's on the rocks. There's part of a sail stuck on the rocks, and it's trailing out into the water. And there's uh, a man that you can see. He's actually jumping up and down on the rocks, and he's waving his hands. You can see that from a distance. You want to get in closer? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's get I mean, it's closer. a little bit risky because you could yourselves smash on the on the rocks, but... Could, uh, be, an, could be Odin again. Maybe. Well, as you get close, you can see that he wears a, a simple brown robe and sandals. He's got this little bald spot that's like shaven into the top of his head. He wears this huge wooden necklace that bobs, you know, as he jumps up and down and waves his hands. Uh, hanging from this necklace is this large symbol. It looks almost like the rune Algiz, which is the rune of protection. But instead of the cross arms being slanted, they're flat, so it kind of resembles what to our modern eyes would look like a lowercase t. And he's he's jumping up and down and screaming to you. And he's speaking your language, though, although heavily accented. He's like, help! Help! And he actually leaps into the sea as you get closer and starts swimming towards you. And Umlaut, you think you see this man with golden wings when he leaps into the sea, like lifting up this this brown-robed guy and and throwing him into the water so he could jump really far. And he's re- flying above him and reaching down to help keep his head above water. But that's no god you know. So he gets pretty close. Do you guys want to pull him onto your boat? Or Yeah, I don't want to. Just let him drown. Oh, that's nice of you. <laughs> well, he, he, he comes up out of the water. He's spluttering. And he's like, Ah, thank you, mighty Northman. I prayed to Christ Jesus and the Blessed Virgin that I be rescued. And here you are. And he tries to give you, Thor, uh, a big hug and kiss. Do you want to let him? He tries to kiss you on the cheeks and hug you. Uh, yeah, but with a bit of a squeamish yeah. look. Yeah. And then he gives you a big hug, too, Omlaut, and try to kiss you on both cheeks. Do you let him? Yes, and I kiss him, Okay. He goes, oh, brother, I will accept your kiss. I make it kind of awkward, actually. Yeah, yeah, one of those, like, you go in, but there's not quite, yeah. Well, I kiss him a little bit more than... Too too long? Okay. Yeah, like, (laughs) too many pecs. Like, I keep going back to the... (laughs) 
cheeks, you oh. know. And I don't know when to stop. That is enough, Peck. That is enough, Kiss. Brothers, I am so thankful. I knew that the Lord would save me. I am Brother Brendan of Glendalough. And he waves his hand in this little pattern over you guys. He's actually, like, making the sign of the cross, but you guys don't know what the hell he's doing. You He's casting is, a spell on no, us, says Gunner. There is no uh, uh, insects to swat off. I don't know no, what you're doing. Well, no, may the Lord bless you and keep you and deliver you from evil, my brothers. He's guided your hand to save me from the sea so that I can save you from the fires of damnation. Praise be to God, brothers! And that's that's where we'll go ahead and wrap up this, this episode for tonight. And, uh, oh, great. A yeah. proselytizer. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the servants of the what they called the what they were called the white god are starting to come into the area, and so you've just met one. Well, I can proselytize right back to him. Yeah, <laughs> you can proselytize right back. So we've gone through another one, and and believe it or not, uh, it might be very believable. That was my first time ever trying to do the GURPS mass combat system. They have another thing where during that battle roll, you could have um, taken on more risk, but you guys had enough penalty. You know, you did not have really high skill as it is. But there's a thing called risk and glory to where if you were to, you know, take some penalty on those rolls, you could cover yourselves in glory and gain some reputation and things like that. This system is really designed, though, for much larger battles, not like six or eight guys on each side, but I've always wanted to try it, and now I've done it. So, uh, anyway, I want to thank Pound Sound UK and Svengvari for the music that we use tonight. Obviously, our adventure is going to go beyond three episodes, so we will see you next time uh, and see if we can't make it to those fabled uh, lands that Umlaut dreamed of somewhere in the west and see if maybe you guys don't become Christians while you're at it never (laughs) hey everybody if you like our podcast don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts Podchaser Spotify or wherever you're able subscribe to us on YouTube follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world and check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com Email us at gooniesworldpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.